What's happening, guys? Ronan Man here. It's morning in uh, Jersey, and I want to kick this off before it starts raining. So I'm outside walking around, and uh, the question was power versus freedom and control. Which is better? You know, and uh, the, the, the comment started from, uh, I believe it was Joseph on one of the recent videos, and he said, you know, Jamie Demon has more power than you, but you have more freedom than him. You know, kind of like, which is better, you know, kind of thing. Because I talked about the limits of, you know, control a bit in the last episode, but I'm going to get much more deeply into it. The reason why I'm going to do this is because it's super important. Because if you're starting to think that you want freedom, right? A lot of guys on this channel are thinking, hey, I want freedom. Okay, as with all things, you, you, okay, you have two choices. You can either live a blue pill life where you don't question anything. You basically just do whatever, you know, children do what their parents want. Students do what the teachers want. And husbands, you know, uh, employees do what their bosses want. And husbands do what their wives want. So that life in a way is pretty simple because you're just taking orders essentially. And like I say, it's not all bad. Okay. There are, there is happiness to every life, every human life, but it's a pretty simple life because you basically are reacting. So, you know, it's raining outside, you get an umbrella, you know, and uh, it's cold outside. You put a jacket on, you're reacting to the weather, right? Some things you have to react to, right? A lot of things you have to react to, even somebody with quote-unquote freedom. Okay. Now, which is better freedom versus control? The reason why I'm going to break this down in minutia, minute detail, is because if you don't do this type of thinking, you can't choose the right thing. See, like I said, the blue pill life is simple because you're reacting. So in a way, you're always appropriate when you react because you're just basically... You know what I mean? Like, it's like late at night, the store is closing, you go there before they close. You're reacting to the store's hours, right? It's simple. Get there before eight, you get your stuff, you eat, you know. But as soon as you start to question those things and you say, well, I don't want to spend my life reacting, you know, to what my boss wants, my wife wants, my family wants. I want something else. I want freedom of choice. I want more out of life, right? I want more, maybe I want more achievement, maybe I want freedom, maybe I want both, you know, and, and it gets confusing because, and, and of course it gets complicated because as long as you do, as long as you follow the program, it isn't complicated. It's really not that complicated. You basically are just reacting in an appropriate way, the most appropriate way you can find to every situation. And that's that's totally cool, okay? But for you guys here on the channel, you're like, no, I don't want that. So where do you draw the line? What is, now we need to break down everything in minute detail. That's why my videos are long. Is because we gotta break down what the fuck is really, what, what question are you really asking, right? What is Joseph really saying? So I wanna say, I'm gonna break just the thoughts that came to my mind in the last couple of days thinking about it. The first thing I'm going to say, it's a fake comparison. Okay, so Jamie Demon and myself. Okay, so I can only assume here, I'm going to assume a couple things. I'm going to assume that he sees Jamie Demon as being very rich and powerful and having a lot of control of important things. Okay? Okay, so 
let's break that down. See, the thing is, is, is if you're not wealthy or you don't know any super wealthy people, you see anybody who's kind of like Jamie as being the same, essentially. Because you haven't really thought about it. You got like, there's a Bezos, there's a Musk, there's a demon, you know, there's, there's a president. You know, they're all kind of the same in your mind. Because you haven't really know, you don't know these guys. They all seem very powerful. They all seem kind of Illuminati types. So, you know, you're like, okay, Illuminati, right? The word. I don't. Because I know people that, that they're like this. So I know there's a huge difference in how much, in how their life is. Just like there's a huge difference in how our lives are. There's a huge difference in how their lives are. And they know, right? Because they're, 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 that's their life. So they, they can see it, but you can't. And often when it comes to wealthy guys, they're not going to uh, tell you their weaknesses, right? They're not going to tell you that it's not perfect, right? They're going to be like, uh, basically, you're jealous of me. I'm going to let you be jealous of me. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break that. I'm going <laughs> to, that's, see, that's where the honesty part comes in. Because on this channel, we're honest about our problems and, you know, fears and all that, you know, in order to succeed and improve, right? These, a lot of people are not, right? So they're going to just tell you, they're going to let you think whatever you think. Okay, they're not going to bother to try to change your thinking, but they're going to let you think. But I'm telling you right now that there's a big difference in happiness and, and actually power and control. And I'm going to even break down what that means. Okay, so Jamie Demon, in a nutshell, he has $1.9 billion, according to Wikipedia. Probably pretty accurate. Uh, let's just compare him to somebody else. Jeff Bezos has $212.4 billion. Divide the numbers up, you get Jamie Neiman has like 0.89% of the wealth that Jeff Bezos has. 0.89%. Not even 1%. He doesn't even have 1% of the wealth that Bezos has. So the idea that he is insanely wealthy Illuminati should be bringing doubts in your mind. Because that, that is not, I mean, it's a lot of money, obviously. And there's not that many billionaires in the world. But it's not as much money as you probably thought he had. I, I bet you you kind of overestimated how much someone like him. Because he was a, you know, he was a, I don't know, he was chairman. But he was a, in the Federal Reserve Board. You know, he, he obviously has been a lifetime uh, banker. He leads the largest bank in America. And, you know, he, he, uh, he's, he's definitely one of the successful bankers. Like, a lot of bankers were very unsuccessful after 08. Things kind of fell apart for bankers at that time. But uh, Demon was one of those guys, he survived, right? So he's definitely a survivor and he's definitely a success. And if you look at him physically, he looks like he's in pretty good shape. He's 65. I mean, he's, he's got it going on. You know, he's a good looking guy. He kind of pulled out the gray fox look, you know. You know, he obviously dresses well and he uh, is healthy and kind of has nailed that part of his life. So I'd say he's a pretty good example of a guy who's, you know, he's, uh, he's wealthy, but he's not, he's not anywhere near the top. I mean, he's less than 1% of the top, right? But he's, he's got his money. He can't really spend it. It's impossible to spend $1.9 billion. There's nothing you can really buy that costs one point. You know what I mean? In real life, he basically has all the money he wants, essentially. So in that sense, you're right. That, that guy is like insanely wealthy, right? Uh, but in comparison, which is the way humans think, he's not that wealthy. Because humans, humans don't think this way. 
humans think you gotta you gotta look at what it's like to be in his shoes, right? So humans, okay, for you, you can look at him and say, oh, 1.9, 212, what's the difference? You know, it's like too much to spend. And being a guy who doesn't have $1.9 billion, you know, I'm just going to assume that, that you're, you, you don't really know what it's like. What is it like to live in that world? And the reality is, I'll tell you, is that uh, the, world, the world of, I'm not a billionaire, obviously, and, but what I'm saying is I do know guys who are billionaires. And very, I had an episode where I talked about somebody very close to me. Uh, and so I have, a good, I have a good understanding of where they come from. And it kind of surprised me too because actually they're very competitive, these guys. They're very competitive. They all know, you know, because there's a very small club of guys who are billionaires. So there's a small, like, niche. There's a small, um, uh, what do you call it? cadre, you know, whatever you call it, of people that are that successful. So, but in that small group, big competition. Everybody knows where everybody stands. It's similar to a high school, you know, when you talk about high school and you talk about a football team or something, right? And, you know, everybody knows who's the best player in high school, right, on the football team. Everybody knows who scored the touchdown or kicked the goal or whatever, right? It's obvious, right? And... Same with billionaires. It's totally obvious. Everybody knows. Because they, wealthy guys, are billionaires, they can't be fooled, really. They, they, they don't see Demon as the same as Bezos at all. Like, not at all. Like, they know these people are incredibly different, you know. Totally different worlds. And the, the amount of power and control that they have is very, very different, right? They can control different things. So let's get into the definition of power and control, too. What is power and control? And... Even deeper, what kind of power and control do you want? What do you want power and control over? Okay, so Bezos has a lot more power and control when you talk about wealth. He is obviously the richest guy in the world. Uh, He has immense power. Like, it's almost unimaginable how much power he has. And even that much money he's got, he gave away half his money. Like, to his wife. Like, literally, that guy would be double. He would be, like, double what he is now. Because his wealth has continued to grow since then. So, you know, really, that guy, that's another thing to think about, is the wealth and power that he had, he lost half. He still didn't totally lose it. It's hard to explain. It's a little different than a middle-class guy. Because his wealth is in shares of his company, right? And his wife is, is, is not, uh, she's not like making decisions for the company like he is. So he kind of still has it in a way. It's, 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 she, it's in her name, but it's not like he gave her the money and then walked away. It's like he gave her shares and, and he essentially, well, he just switched over to be uh, Blue Origin president and he walked away from Amazon. But until now, he's been pretty much in control of that money, like essentially. Uh, of that power. So his power and control is even greater than 212 billion. It's, 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 it really is. It's, you gotta, it's, it's immense. It's, 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 it's unimaginable, really, to most people. Like, even for me, I have no idea. Like, I know people with a billion dollars. I have probably, I know, I know very well four people that have over a billion dollars, but that's it. The, 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 the max guy I know that is wealthy think he has let's see he's probably 20 
20 billion? <coughs> it's hard to say. I won't know until he's old and when he passes away, I'm sure the data is going to come out, but he's kept it very secret actually. So I can't say how many billion, but he's even the exception. Like most of the guys are around the 1 billion mark. And so I kind of know what that's like. But I also know enough to know that I don't know, right? I don't know what it's like to have $200 billion. I have no fucking idea. What is it like? Like what, what I, I want to be careful to tell you when I analyze things, what I can analyze correctly and what I can't. I can say as a general rule, there's a big difference. I can tell you that. There's a huge hierarchy of these guys. Huge, huge, huge. So I'd say that uh, just have that in your mind. You might not know the specifics, but you know that they're not so different from you in that sense. You have a big hierarchy in your neighborhood, in your company, in your sports team, and they have a big, they have a big hierarchy too. What you think will happen when you become a billionaire, what will actually happen, are not the same thing. In other words, don't overestimate what you know. Don't overestimate that you would be happy with that, that you would not care. That is ridiculous. That, I can say that, right? It's straight up from knowing rich people. It's totally ridiculous because your situation changes and all of a sudden you'll see them as competitors and you will see through, you will see where the power really lies and you'll realize that other people in that small group, they can also see, right? And you might realize, oh man, I really want more, right? And that's, that's usually what happens is the guys want more power. Like the guys that are like people with $10 billion, or sorry, $10 million, that's probably the lower end on the, the real power in life. Like $10 million, that's a big deal to me. That's like a million dollars is... Really, a lot of people have a million or two million, but it's basically tied up in their house. They have some kind of retirement fund. No real power, no real wealth. Because a lot of it is based on things they can't sell. Like their house, they, they're not going to be homeless, right? They're not going to move out into a motel, right? They're, they're going to keep the house. So although they have the money, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Because it's kind of like sunk costs. They... They get the benefit from living in this place, obviously, and they get the, their children go to great schools and they have good friends and, you know, there's all these benefits, but it's not something they can cash in on, right? They, they just have to, they, this is what they have now. They have this opportunity. They have these uh, advantages, right? But they're not really cash inable things for most people. Like most people, they think they would, you know, travel the world and cash it all in and they don't. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. I, I, my, the guy, the people that I'm close to that are, that are very rich, they talked like this before they got rich. I don't know what it was that made them go that shift. Well, once they got super rich, they no longer wanted to like get in a boat and travel. I don't know what the, I'd have to ask them next time I see them, I'll ask them. But I saw the change. I saw like, they were like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, as soon as I get that, I'm going to do this. And then when they did do that, they never, they never, they retired, okay, I'm not saying they're they, they continually building wealth and they're like that. They just kind of didn't do what they thought they would do with that money. That's all I'm saying is put, put a doubt in your mind. Guys, all these channels are telling you. They know everything and, you know, like, you, you know, like this is bullshit. Like, I don't know everything and you don't know everything. It's just like, that's the fact. So put a doubt in your mind that you know how wealth would affect you and how you would see the world once you get into this new small group of people. That's it. Okay, done. So what's next? So what is control? What is power and control? Okay, control 
Is it employees? If it's employees, then Bezos has massive power and control. Massive, massive. Because even if he's not the CEO, he kind of is controlling, right? He's the, he's the founder. That guy's the man, right? So is he, is that, okay, that's, here's the question. It's not what someone else thinks. It's what you think. Okay, so now this gets into something even deeper, which is control over other people. Okay, so I want to define this. I want to break this down. And a lot of gurus out there will tell you uh, that they, this is really dangerous, actually. Uh, I didn't really realize this, and I, I saw this in a recent comment. Somebody made an example or, or mentioned somebody that they said was preaching that they control other people or they control women, like something like that. They have this kind of control. I, I don't know if that's true, but it was interesting when I read it because I thought, yeah, I know for sure guys do kind of, like there's guys on the internet who definitely pretend, okay, not this guy, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I just, I'm going to use this as a example that is true for some people on the internet is they're going to pretend like they have control over other people. Okay, so whether it's women or men or whatever, they have control. And the reality is, the reality is that, uh, I should say, (laughs) I was talking to Drinking Dave about this yesterday, and he said something totally hilarious, which I thought was great. He's got such a cutting wit, Dave does. I told him, and he just came up with one one sentence. He goes, the only people that guy controls is the people that believe him and follow him. I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh, that's fucking painful. Oh. oh, man, that's fucking painful. And again, I'm not talking about a specific person. You look on the internet. You go and look on the internet and watch gurus, people that you listen to. And start to think, is this guy claiming he has control of people? Because I'm telling you right now, I know a lot of people, okay? I've been so many places in different walks of life. And what I see in real life, okay, when it comes to control of people, okay, let's talk about control of people. I don't see a lot of control of other people, okay? And let's even go to what is control of people. Control of people at the heart of it, in my mind, is change, okay? So, for example, somebody's doing something and you want them to change. That's control. So, you're not happy. Like, control is not that you have the perfect person who does exist, who, who is who you want them to be already, and they just do that because that's what they naturally do. Like, you want a fish in your tank, right? And you get a fish. Like, that's not control because that fish is going to be a fish no matter what. That's what the fucking thing does, right? Swims around in the water. And you wanted that, and you got a fish. Great. That's not control of the fish, right? So what is control? Control is, I I thought about this a lot. I thought, actually, what it is is change. You're, You're claiming, you're claiming that you can, through your actions, your thoughts, your words, your whatever, you can control somebody's ability to change, essentially. Because... Otherwise, like I said, with the fish, it wouldn't be changed. It wouldn't be controlled because the fish is a fish, right? You don't control a tree to be a tree, like have leaves and stuff, you know? It just does that, right? So the myth or the kind of secret, what they're promising you at the heart of it is they're promising you 
that they actually have the ability to rein people in. Okay, I'm talking about control of other people now. And that's what they're promising. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is a very, very... I, I, I would really, as if you're an intelligent person, I would I really, really doubt that. If you had a CCTV camera of these guys' lives, I would seriously doubt that people around them, their family, their friends, girls, are under their control. I mean, I was just... I have not seen it. What I have seen, okay, what I see in my life, okay, is guys like Bezos who get divorced. Okay, now, he is a perfect example because that guy is one of the most successful guys in history. And you would think that his wealth and power and fame and, and future, all these things count. That guy's got a good future, too, because Amazon is on its way up, too. That's the other thing. Wealth and power is either going up or down. Amazon is going up and, 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 and space, you know, like his space stuff has a very strong potential to go up too, right? But basically it doesn't matter because Amazon's so freaking huge. The rest is just a, it's just a fucking hobby for him, really. Space is a hobby. He just wants to compete with Musk probably, you know, but the thing is, is like, so, okay, so let's go, let's go. Okay. So let's, let's, let's think about this. So. Guys like him, in your mind, okay, maybe someone like him or Jamie Demon is somebody who has control of everything in their life. What I'm telling you now is that someone like Jamie Demon, and I'm not saying Jamie Demon because I don't know him, okay, but someone like him, someone like Bezos, I've never met Bezos. I'm pretty sure the wealthy person that I, that I was talking about that is close to me, I'm pretty sure they know him, uh, actually, but I never got an introduction, unfortunately. Which sucks. Because <laughs> I always wanted to meet him. I was a fan of what he was doing since 99. I could see what he was doing, actually. And I was like, whoa. You know, and it's been kind of an amazing journey watching it all happen. Right? But here's what I see. Guys like him. Here's what it is. They have two lives. They have their business life where everybody's like, yes, sir, boss. Yes, sir. And they have a chaotic home. <laughs> I'm serious. They come home. No one listens. When that guy drives home from work, man, everybody's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where do you want to go, sir? I will wait here, sir. You need me to do this favor. You know, you want a pack of smokes? Uh, you know, he goes to a restaurant, right? And he tips big, right? And everybody knows him. He wants a pack of smokes. The waiter doesn't say like they would say to you. A waiter, if you ask him for a pack of smokes, the waiter's going to say, well, we don't sell cigarettes, sir. You know. Or we don't allow smoking. I'm telling you right now, when you're that wealthy, things change. Things change. A lot of stuff changes. And one of them is your control of people that are on the payroll changes. So people on the payroll, okay, they, and I mean like drivers, employees, they kind of will hop to it. And that has limits too, though. Especially if you have a talented person. If the driver's a driver, then he has less choices. Then you have more control of him. So like I said in the last episode, is your... When we talk about power and control of people, okay? You have much more likelihood to control people that you don't want to control. So in other words, the more of a loser somebody is and the less options they have. So, you know, the more of a loser your girlfriend is, right? Or wife. 
the more you have a potential to control them, right? But the more they're a winner, the more successful they are, the less chance you have to ever control them. And that right there kind of answers the question. Do you want control of other people? Because control of losers is a burden. I'm going to tell you right now, it is a burden. I had, I, I tried this. I hired a bunch of employees for my company. Uh, at one point, I'm not going to say where, who they were, because I don't want to bias anybody. I had some, a lot of employees and they worked for me. And I realized very quickly that although they eked out a profit, they were not what I kind of expected. I kind of thought they were going to be like me, like super kick-ass. And they were going to just fucking go and make money. You know, once I handed them the tools, they're going to be like, hell yeah, man. You, you know, I got this list. I got this. I'm going to go make money. But, but I, I found out that I was kind of surprised, actually, that they were not that productive. Now, now I would say, on the whole, the employees I had in three different businesses were profitable. Okay, so if you want to say, did they make, if I gave them a dollar, did they come back with a dollar and 10 cents? At the end of the day, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, they made a profit. But it wasn't as much as I thought, and it wasn't as good as I thought. And the cost, the cost of headaches was fucking insane. Like, it was easier for me to just go make money on my own than it was to manage a bunch of people. That, that's just my experience with my own companies uh, in many different scenarios. But it's just for my own, maybe it's my management skill, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or my desire. I don't really desire to control people. That's the other thing. Like, I... <laughs> I don't desire to manage people. That's the other problem. I, I think that might be a big problem for me is I, I want people to be free and then kick ass, right? But most people kind of need somebody. Like I've never had a trainer in my entire life. Like I've never needed a trainer because when I go to the gym, I kick ass. But other guys, they, they go to the gym and they can't work out unless somebody's yelling at them and spitting in their face. So I can't really understand those people because I, I don't want to be the guy spitting in their face, yelling at them. Maybe somebody could misinterpret this channel as that, but that's not what it is at all. I'm giving you the understanding, the basic understanding, so that you can do it on your own. I don't want to be that guy spitting in your face, you know, that gets you to do that last rep, you know, or yelling at you. I I don't want to be that. Like, I have no desire to be that guy. I'm not that guy. In fact, I'm not good at being that guy. I'll go that far. I'm not that, I'm not the good, but at some times, I guess... If you look at it this way, those guys force you to kind of get your shit together. In a sense, I'm more of a... (laughs) In a way, I'm more of a drill sergeant than them because my philosophy is if somebody doesn't get their shit together, I'm out of there. So to some people who really want my help, that's scary because they realize that I'm just going to tire of you. If you if you, If you don't succeed, if you don't keep trying and do stuff, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm just going to fucking not be there. And, and people that really want to succeed, that scares the shit out of them. Because they're like, he's not going to sit there and grind me down. But he's going to leave. You know? And that's my philosophy. It's like, i kind of given you a chance. I'm giving you a chance to understand. I'm giving you a chance to succeed. But I know that I can't change you. It's been my experience. So because of that, I don't waste a lot of time. So I'm like, this guy's not changing. Like, that's cool. But... I'm out of here because I'm not going to, I look at you, right? I'm looking at what you're doing. I'm telling you, I'm giving you good advice. And if it's not being implemented at all, or like, 
if there, if there's a limit, if there's a limit to what I can do, if they're not changing, I I, I just kind of like uh, some guy just yelled coming by and like I'm on a huge sidewalk. It's fucking these guys on bikes can be real fucking morons. Like <laughs> so strange people. I can't understand people. I can't understand people. Anyway, so yeah, so control of others. It's not that I don't want to control. Like I, if you say, do you want a trillion dollars? I probably would want a trillion dollars. You know, if I, if I could have all women just like doing whatever I wanted, soaping me up all the time, making food. I, I, and that was like a realistic thing and they would be happy doing it and it would just go on forever in per- perpetuity. I mean, who wouldn't want that? But I know better. I know it's not like that. It requires, a, you know, any kind of, any kind of, uh, everything has a cost and a, and a benefit. Everything, everything, everything. And I realized that here's, here's the core of it. The core of it is this, is if, okay, this is like, think about it this way. This is like a really good way to think about it. I thought about this morning. Okay, so are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to stop smoking? Are you trying to save money? Is there anything that you were trying to do that is not succeeding? Is there anything like that that you're, you're trying to do, but you're not succeeding? Okay, if there's things like this in your life, like you, you, let's say you want to lose weight and it's been a, like a long battle for you, right? The way to think about control of others, you have to really look, because you're a human too, right? They're humans, right? We're talking about controlling people, right? And controlling yourself, right? So if, if you are not totally ripped, totally rich, you know, like totally like, Whatever your goals are, you go get them and they're just done. They're like fucking done. There are a couple guys, I know a couple guys like this. You know, they're, they're not, nobody's obviously perfect, but in the bell curve, they're on one end. They make a decision, they just go do it. That's it. And they never, like for example, they decide to get in shape and that's it for the next 50 years. They're going to never be out of shape, ever. Like that's it. Because you don't get in shape for one day, okay? Getting in shape, to me, means forever. Okay, otherwise you're not in shape. It doesn't mean any shit. It's like totally stupid because it's just going up and down. It's not even good for your health. Better just to stay the same. So when I say get in shape, I mean like that's it. Like it's done. You get in shape and you're done. You stay in shape. If you can't do that, if you don't do that, then, okay, so just think of yourself as the person that you're trying to change. So you're trying to change yourself, right? And you're not succeeding. Now, and think about how much control you have of yourself. You have a lot of control because you can decide when to go to sleep. You can decide to what, how much money you're going to take out of the bank. You can decide what you're going to buy. You can decide what you're going to eat. You have total control of all your choices. Now, take it separately where you now suddenly are talking to somebody. Okay? So no longer is it you. It's another person. So now you are trying to change this other person. Right? Now, they also have their own challenges at changing. So go into their perspective. We're in their mind now. They've had trouble changing. That's why they're asking for help. Okay. So this person who cannot change themselves and has difficulty changing themselves, just for example, this type of person, which is very common, 
is now asking for you, who's standing separately from him, to use your mouth and the words and the, the uh, vibrations that come out of your mouth and your vocal cords, those things are going to go into that person's ears, right? going to resonate in that person's ears. And those ideas are going to cause them to overcome not only listening to somebody else, which isn't easy, just for starters. It's easier to listen to yourself. Like, when, when, when you decide it's time to study, it's easy to study, right? But when someone tells you it's time to study, it's kind of harder because someone's telling you to do it, right? So you got to get over that, right? But they can get over that, no problem. This, you got to imagine, like, how, like how difficult it is to control someone. The first thing you got to say is, okay, this person doesn't mind anybody telling them what to do. They're going to be exactly the same as if it was them. Okay, so same. So their capacity to change on their own is going to be the same as their ears hearing something and them doing it. Okay, so that's just a, that's a big, that's a big assumption right there. But let's just assume that's true. So now they have, you are them. Okay, essentially. You have in control to their inner mind. So you have the capacity to, essentially you're like in their minds, right? That's how, that's how, that's how open they are to your change. Okay, so next. Now, not, forget about you changing them. Let's talk about them changing at all. Just them changing, right? Whether you do it or they do it or someone else does it. Okay, so now we talk about them, their ability to change. Why would they ask your advice? Well, because they can't do it themselves, right? Nothing wrong with that, but it, this is the truth. They're looking for someone to help them. So they probably have a little bit of a challenge with it, right? They're not the guy who wakes up and does yoga every single day on their own. And so they go to yoga class. Now, what happens to most people in exercise classes? Maybe they go at the beginning of the year, they go when they join the gym, they go when they join the class, and then they slowly stop going. That's, that's the reality of most, most people. Like, It's so predictable that Companies like Planet Fitness base their whole business plan on charging $10 a month, knowing there's going to be like 50 guys who don't go. <laughs> so they get 500 bucks a month, and they're only one guy who actually goes, and that's how their business model is built on. That's a pretty fucking safe assumption. Okay, so they are not as good at you at changing. That's why they're asking you. And you're thinking that you have some kind of superpower to get them to change when you know how hard it is to change for yourself. I mean, you're starting to see what it, what really, when you talk about control, when you break it down to change, which is important because like the fish, if it wasn't exactly what you wanted, then it, there would be no need for control. So again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dog you're trying to make into a fish right here, somewhat. And you can see how complicated this whole thing is and how if you honestly see how hard it is to change yourself, then you think, how much luck have other people had in changing you? I can't change you. All I can do, what I can do, is I can paint a picture of what is possible. And there are people, and I know for sure there's guys on Rodeman, when they see that picture, they want that. And so they're able, their engines come on on the rocket. They're just like, like, they didn't know that existed. And it's similar to, like, it's similar to, like, let's say you didn't know 
that a beach existed, right? Where there's a lot of girls, it's a lot of fun, free parking. If you didn't know it existed, you would never go there. But as soon as you know it's there, you're going to go there all the time, right? That's what I'm talking about. So it's not my ability to change. It's that I have knowledge of other places you don't know, other ways of living that you don't know. So when I tell you, hey, this is possible. Hey, this is like people are at this beach. This beach exists, right? And then you're like, the right guys, okay, or girls hear that and they're like, man, I want to go to that beach. Like, I want to go to that beach. That goddamn beach sounds great. I'm going to that beach. And then once they go, they're like, I'm going back. That place is awesome. So it doesn't take any motivation. It doesn't take any change. So I would say for myself, my ability to change other people is not that I change them. It's like I am putting, I'm, I am chumming the waters, okay, to look for the very few people who want to eat that food that I'm offering out there. I'm not taking the fish and forcing all the fish in the ocean to eat this food because I know that most fish don't want this food or are afraid of this food or whatever it is. They, they, they're not going to take to it. But I also know if I chum enough water, that's what YouTube is so great at. If I chum enough water, enough traffic, there's going to be guys that hear. Because I know the way I turned on like a light bulb when I discovered new ways of living that were outside of the ordinary and were really attractive. I know how once I saw those, once I heard those. Now, I'm not saying you don't need any kind of guidance at all. That's what Unblock Mailable is all about. You know, that's why I didn't just read you know, let's say the medieval man, I predatory female. I didn't read those and just change them up. I needed my friends to, I needed that group that, that, that guided me and helped me to fix my thinking and really realize all the things I was taking for granted that were not real. And then to kind of clarify and polish and sharpen. There is, there is, things are not black and white. Once you hear an idea, it doesn't, it's not enough. You need more. So that's, that's what, personal coaching is for right but because you just don't quite get the concept quite at the deepest level given all the things that happen in real life right that's why coaching is important but the basics is there you know you're like fuck yeah i want that i now know myself well enough to say i want this motherfucking thing right and that can only come from you and that can't come from other people so that's why i tell you The general assumption in the SJW community, okay, is that, I, I would say assumptions here. The assumption in the SJW community is that there are controlling men who can control other people. And, they, and you have to avoid these men, right? And the assumption in the men's communities is that they're controlling wives who control their husbands, and I'm going to tell you, let's, I want to go deep into control on this one, really deep. The, the only, okay, types of control. Like I said, you, 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 when you start to, out of all the people in the world, say somebody that is controllable is not going to be the same quality as somebody who's not controllable. They're just not. I mean, the odds are very low because they just don't have the options, right? Uh, that's one thing. But the other thing is, too, is that, is that, um, oh, God, what was I going to say? I just, I just saw some people here, and I, I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, 
Let's see. Let me think here for just one second. Uh, I totally forgot. I'm going to have to go. I'm gonna, I'll just continue on, right? Okay, so you have difficulty controlling the top people, the type of people you want. So you have a choice, a smaller fishbowl of shittier fish, essentially. And, oh yeah, the SJW. So the SJW say that there are men, the men that are controlling, and then guys, guys' communities will say, well, my wife controls. The wife didn't really control you. Okay? And the proof in the pudding is that you're here. See, given what you knew at the time, you were allowed yourself to be trapped. Okay, so, and also your, her ability to control you was limited. So maybe a wife or girlfriend could control your, let's say, actions. You know, she might be able to make you take that extra job, do those extra overtime, make more money, for example. But what happens? Okay, let's just look at parents now. Control. What happens when a parent is too controlling? What happens? You know, let's say a parent is like, don't date any boys. Don't go out at night. Don't drink. Don't do this. Don't, 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 don't cut your hair. Don't wear these dresses like this. What, what, what happens? The girl rebels, okay, because the control is too tight. And so what, what does the parent get in the end? They get somebody with tons of piercings, somebody who totally does the opposite, right? She just, she gets a boyfriend, the wrong color. She, you know, lets her, if, if they wanted to control her to be feminine, then she's like totally not feminine, cuts her hair the exact opposite. And she rebels in every way. What happens to a boy? the boy rebels, right? And everybody rebels. So control is, a lot of it is, well, I guess I would say the assumption, the assumption that an outside person can control you is not really true. What they can do is they can trap you, okay? While you don't have power, they can trap you. So when you are three years old, you can't leave your parents. And there is a trap there. There is a, a child doesn't have the freedom until they get to be a certain age that they can even go out and be free, right? So you are kind of a, a trapped at different times in your lives. One of them would be, you know, you might have, you finish college, you have like a, say, advanced degree, very attractive. All these companies are offering all these things to you. Once you make that commitment, you have less control, right? Because now you're working for a company. And if you quit that company, the other company's going to say, why did you quit so fast? Right? So you don't have as much control once you make that commitment. So the only thing people can do when it comes to control is basically trick you into a commitment. Okay, so whether it's buying a car on payments that are a ripoff, uh, you know, uh, maybe getting married to the wrong person, when you make that commitment, then, then you have, a, as a man, you have a financial obligation. And so your ability to change is not as great as before. And you might, you might be able to be trapped because your cost of leaving is much higher than you expected, right? And that's, that's what happens in marriage. 
that's why it's so difficult to get out of marriage. It's not that it's not that married guys don't have the ability to say no. It's that it becomes so complicated, you know, because they have children they love, for example. And those kids are just way more important than the woman is to them. And so they might stay with the woman in order to father their children, knowing that that is very important for those children. So when you're single, the commitment is to a woman. But then once you have children, all of a sudden the commitment is not to her. It's to them, your kids. And so when you're single, you don't really understand this. You really, there's no way to understand this. You, you think, well, if a girl's a bitch, I'm out of there. But once you look into a little kid's eyes and you see how much they need you, it's different. It's totally different. You realize, oh, there's something I was missing here. Like, this is something really important. Like, this is a little human being. And I want to protect this. Like, as a man, I'm telling you right now, this is in, inherent in your It is deep, 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 deep. And it comes out of nowhere. But it will happen to you. It's called becoming a parent. And it happens. The funny thing about it is if you have a kid, and even if you were never allowed to meet that kid, it still happens. If you're healthy, it happens. You you change. You don't look at younger women exactly the same as before. Because you realize that, you know, if you have, like, say, a daughter, you're going to realize, okay, you know, she'll be 18 there. And then you start thinking about things differently. And I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying the reality. And you marry guys with kids, you know. Or guys with kids, you know this is true. You know, it's a compromise. Life is all fucking compromise. So, and that actually brings up another point. Is that you don't want to be unblackmailable about certain things. Okay, when you talk about freedom, right? Unblackmailable is freedom, right? The key thing is this. Here's, here's one key thing to understand with unblackmailable. Is the reason why I made up the term, I think it's a great term. I think it's something that I've never heard anybody else really preach. Is that you're unblackmailable. Now, people will misunderstand that. But the, one of the ways to look at it, and it's a very deep concept. It's a very deep concept. But I just want to say one of the ways is... By not making commitments to things that you don't need to make commitments for allows you, okay, it frees you up. What do you do with that freedom? Sometimes you're going to use that freedom that you have to make even a bigger commitment. Okay? Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you, what is, what what does that mean? Okay. The core thing is that most people are trapped by bullshit. Okay, they're trapped by stupid things. They signed contracts they didn't understand. They got into marriages that just totally suck. They, they, they moved to areas and now they own houses and they can't leave. And they're locked in to things that they didn't really understand before they made that commitment. And now they kind of give up. They just start signing contracts all over the place getting more and more locked in because they're, they're tied up. They didn't know what it's like. What is the commitment to own a dog? I'm telling you right now, if you own a dog and you love dogs, you can't travel much anymore. Unless you have a camper and you can drive. Because if you love dogs, then you care about how they feel. 
if you're like a cold, cold motherfucker, you don't give a fuck about how the dog feels. I don't see why you'd even want a dog in that case, but let's say you did, then you could just leave the dog in a kennel all the time. And then, you, you, but if you know dogs, dogs are almost like, they're just like absolutely beside themselves with worry and fear when the master's gone. It's just like terrible for the dog. You know, I would say if you get a dog, you want to make sure you can be with the dog most of the fucking time. Even going to work is tough on a dog. Very tough on a dog. It's better to have a dog, a place at work that you can bring the dog to, you know. So, but that commitment to owning a dog doesn't, it's not something you understand before you have a dog. Now, if you get lucky enough to hear this or have a friend who has a dog and you honestly look at, get them to be honest about how much it ties them down, that might make you rethink having a dog because I love dogs, but I've never had my own dog. Because I know, I know. One, I know how much I love dogs. And two, I know what a commitment it is. I mean, like, it like, kills my opportunity to move internationally. Like, really does. Because dogs, international, if you know anything about shots and quarantines and all this bullshit they make them do. This is not even coronavirus. This is, like, just typical fucking dog thing. It's, like, two weeks quarantine and it's all kinds of shots. And then if you need to come back and then... Those tranquilizers they have to take in the airplane are bad for the dog, and the dog hates it. And so, you, you know, it's like it's, just, it's way too much stress. A lot of dogs can't even take it. Like, it's too much. International trip is, like, too much. So a lot of people end up giving the dog away because they just they know it's just too much for this particular type of breed, right? So it's tough. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of lame. If you're, like, traveling internationally with a dog, it's kind of lame. I, I think it's... I've spent my life overseas. I've seen people, like, expats not understand this and they bring their dog over to Japan for example and then they realize oh man and then it's just terrible because they got to leave the dog when he's old with somebody that doesn't know him might not take care of him the same way and it's like it's just a it's just like heart-wrenching tragedy if you love dogs right so the only reason why I would get a dog and I would love to get a dog would be if I'm already committed to something so for example my thinking about it is this okay so what do you want to commit yourself what do you want freedom for what do you not I'd say if you have a kid, okay, then you have a huge commitment that ties you to an area, right? Because kids need to go to certain schools. They can't, most, most kids don't travel hippie, international. Now, it is possible. Okay, I know families like this, but they're very rare. But basically, most kids, they like to be in one place. So when you get a kid and you stay in one place, then you're already stuck there. Then you may as well get a fucking dog. Get a fucking dog, get a fucking house. Do all the things that you wouldn't do if you were traveling all the time. Because you may as well. Like, there, it's just one little thing extra. But you, there's a lot of... You know, having a dog is pretty cool. Like, it's... Dogs are pretty fucking awesome, you know. But again, what is... When would you get a dog? You'd get a dog when you're already in a position where you know you're not gonna... You've already made the big commitment to stay in one place anyway. And so now, you just kind of, like, say... Okay, so given this new environment of being, being stuck in one place... What are the things I can do that I couldn't usually do? You know, like, for example, you might have, just a dumb example, but if you travel a lot, you might not have a lot of clothes because, you know, you got to pack them up and you got to be, like, you got to be ready to move all the time and all that, right? But if you're in one place and you're there forever and you have a big closet and a big house, there's nothing wrong with having a few extra clothes because what is the sacrifice you're making? What is the, what is the compromise, Right? There's no real compromise because you've already got this huge closet, right? You got the house 
And so having a couple extra jackets doesn't fucking matter at all. Now, if you're traveling internationally and you talk about the weight of what you can carry on and what you can bring, it's a big fucking deal, right? So again, in the context of what you're committing to, and then the commitment itself is what is the return on this thing, right? Very few things are worth. And this is the point, is like unblackmailable, is like so many things in our lives that trap us are just bullshit. Car payments. If I would add a car, I said this many times, if I would, when I went around the world when I was a kid, I was young, I went around the world, I came back. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I thought I was going to stay. But then I got there and I realized I didn't fit in anymore. Like I had just lived too much adventure. Everybody was like asleep. You know, I was like, fuck this. I got a good job offer actually. But I was like, nah, I want freedom. And I went to Japan. Now, if I would have done something very, very innocuous, because I've always had good credit, I could just walk in to any fucking uh, car dealership and sign a contract. They don't even check, they, they check your credit record, that's it. They don't even check your income for cars. For houses, they do. But for cars, they don't. They just kind of like, okay, good credit, fine. Everyone needs a car. Now, of course, if it's a really expensive car, it's another thing. But if you're buying like a, say, a Honda Civic or whatever. Okay, so, and that's the car I would have bought, something like that back then. Uh, so, that commitment, that contract, which looks so attractive. Hey, walk in. You know, I was back home. I didn't have a car. I felt like an idiot. Everyone else has cars and houses by then. You know, I was, I was like 24 then. You know, guys were getting their, you know, I already studied business. Most of those guys were getting their shit together. They were starting to look good on the outside. Suits, you know, they were looking good on the outside for the period, the time period. And I come home, all I had was hippie clothes. I didn't have a car. It would have been very tempting. It was very tempting for me to walk into a dealership and just sign a contract. Because I had good credit. I could just walk in, like literally pick up a pen and drive away with a nice car. And all I got is payments. And payments are not the end of the world if you buy a Honda Civic. It's not like the payments are a million dollars. But what are they? To me, what they were represented was the lack of freedom. Because once I signed that contract, it's not easy to get out of those contracts. When you buy a car, let's say you buy a very reasonable, smart new car. In, in many ways, it makes sense. Like, I think it makes more sense to buy a, a new used car, you know, six months old, and then you get that 20% bump, 25% bump. But let's just say you're busy, you know, you got a good job, you don't give a fuck. So you just go in and sign a contract for a reasonable car, right? It's reasonable. It's, if you have a job and you're already committed, just like the kid, you get the dog. If you have a job and you're going to stay there and you're going to kick ass, you're going to be more than four years, then getting a contract is not a big deal. But I wasn't sure. I started to have this uneasiness, right? So I didn't make that commitment to a car. Because I actually bought a car in college and it didn't bother me. It was really great. My GTI, I bought on payments. I bought brand new. $9,995. I remember exactly. I went to LA. I bought it. I never regretted it. It was a great car. It was a good price. Even for back then, it was a good price. A lot of people were paying 13000 for that same car. It was like a, a lost leader at a big dealership in LA. And I got the one example they had, the one sample. Like the lost leader, I got that. You know, I got there like five in the morning and, I, and, and the guy kept trying to talk me out of it. I'm like, nope, this one. He's like, well, what about, don't you want? I'm like, no, this one. <laughs> I like totally had my mind made up because he was very influenced. He was, I was young, you know, and it was easy for him to influence me. But I had already decided like, no way, it's this car. And I actually didn't even like the color. It was silver. I wanted, a, I wanted a, another color. But I was like, doesn't matter. I know he's going to try to rip me off. Fuck that. 
I'm going to get this car no matter what. <laughs> Super stubborn, right? And I got it. $9,995. Paid the payments. I was done. That commitment at that age was kind of good because I needed to go to school. I needed to work. I did a lot of driving. I've always liked traveling and moving around. So that car was absolutely reliable, brand new, great gas mileage, fun to drive. It was a stud car. It was like a fucking cool car. It was, the, it was a GTI, the last 83. It was the last of the kind of square ones. And I thought it was fucking dope, man. And I felt like the fucking man in that car. And it had like Recaro type of seats. It was a fucking great car. And, and I liked it. That's the main thing. It was a stick, five-speed. It was fucking super fun to drive, super cool. It was just like, what? What? That kind of free revving engine. It was really fun to drive. It wasn't the fastest car in the world. It was, it was my type of car, right? So for me to buy that car was reasonable commitment given my situation in college because I knew I was going to finish college, okay? But now that I'm back, that same contract is a lurking shark to me, right? It's a lurking shark to take my freedom forever because I knew I was 24. If I bought that car, okay, you say, well, that's four years, 28. It ain't 28. It ain't, that ain't how life works. Just like marriage, you end up with kids. All of a sudden you can't leave, right? You love the kids. Look, man, when you're 24, you come back and you buy a brand new car, guess what happens? You get a pretty good job. If you're pretty smart and you went to school or whatever, you know, I would have got a pretty good job. I would have been kicking ass. I would have had friends. I would have had a place. I would have had a car. I would have had comfort, right? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's not easy to lift off. One of the biggest, when you go to space, like, you know, 99% of the fuel is getting out of the atmosphere. It's the same way with traveling. It's the same way with leaving your home country. It seems really difficult because you're like, you're like wasting energy to get up, right? Just fuel, just flying everywhere, right? Seems like impossible. I'll never be able to continue this. But it only lasts like two minutes and you're out. You're out of the atmosphere. Once you're up there floating around, it doesn't require almost anything to move. You can even use ion thruster or something, right? You know, solar, a solar wing. You know, there's a, it's the, the physics of being in space and movement are completely different because of the gra- lack of gravity and the lack of resistance, right? Same thing with traveling. Same thing with moving overseas. Once you've moved overseas, all of a sudden, it's very easy to stay overseas. And it's actually difficult to go home now because you're, you're now in a different scenario. You should know that too. It's not easy to come home after that. Uh, but, so I knew, I knew that for me, that little contract, which was perfect in college, would have been total hell. Even though I really wanted a new car because I just I love cars. And, and I was like, I knew which one I wanted. I just, I really wanted this. I forgot what it was. It was now I remember, I don't remember what it was. It was like a, it was like a fast Civic. It was like a fucking, basically like a Type R. But I don't think we had Type R's. I think it was like a SII or, I can't remember what it was. But it was real real fucking tight suspension you hit a little bump and it's like foom, foom, you know but it was like you go around corners and it's like like it was like a sport model it was like i knew what i wanted there was like two cars like that one was the gti and one was the civic and i had already had the gti so now i wanted the civic and i didn't like the new gti either i thought the rounded one i thought it was bullshit i still don't like that one i had never ever since then i haven't liked the gti there was only one model but 
Okay, so, <laughs> uh, cars. So anyway, so, right? So even the same commitment looks totally different, right? You have to think it through, right? You have to think it through. So freedom, so does Jamie Demon, I have freedom, but what is freedom? What is freedom? What freedom can only power? It's just like power. Power can only be divined by you and control. Like, what is that? Like, to, to me, having a bunch of employees, which would be power to some people, power and control, like having these guys, yes, sir, Ronan, sir, you know, that kind of thing. They like, have all these guys, like, just waiting for them to tell them what to do. Let's say, in the best case scenario with, with employees, very unlikely, by the way. But even in that scenario, to me, that's a burden. Like, I don't want those kind of people. I want people around me who they already know what they fucking want to do. Like, they're like me. Like, once they see the, once they see the picture that I'm painting, they're like, oh, fuck, you know. I don't need to say shit to them because they're, like, totally self-motivated. All I got to do is show them, hey, look, there's this out there. And then they're like, once they see, they, they, they see that, they see that beach. They're like, oh, I'm going to that beach. <laughs> oh, I'm going to that beach, don't worry. And they get there and they're like, thank you for telling me about that beach. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, man. I wouldn't have even known that beach existed if it wasn't for you, right? That's the kind of people I want around me. And that's not what employees are. Employees need to be managed. And that requires something that I don't even think is fun. I'm not even into it. Because, like, when I talk about not wanting to control people, I really mean it. Like, I had people in a third world country that were pretty open to doing what I said. You know, we had hundreds of maids working for us. And they were, we, we had a, I, one, of my, one of my businesses, one of my side business was a maid company. So those maids didn't have many options. And they would, basically, they were kind of dependent because we had very good clients. So they needed a job. And so they would, they were very good to me. Like they would come clean my house for free. They'd give me a massage. They would like go pick things up at the airport. I mean, they, if I needed to pay a bill, I'd just hand it to them. They'd go pay it. They never said, this is not my job or, you know what I mean? Like, like it got so, it was so good. I mean, I'm telling you, as far as, this is actually good to know. As far as doing what I wanted, and I didn't plan it this way. This totally happened by chance. I just started a business and I was looking for businesses that worked. And maids were good because they, they got us to be introduced to people that would hire maids, which are our clients for real estate. So it was just a way to find those clients that could afford maids, right? So... I didn't really realize what a maid business was going to be like. But once I got it, like, I was the boss of, like, 700 maids. Now, they were loosely under me because I just gave them jobs. I didn't. It was more like an uh, outplacement service than a managing. But whenever the clients would complain, they'd call us. So it, it kind of was a mix of managing and also outplacing. But actually, we did both. We had, we had one-time intros and we had, like, ones that we kind of managed for them. Uh, so we had both, actually, come think of it. That's why it was so confusing. But anyway, they did what I wanted. They liked me because I, I used to, I like, I like uh, people, right? And the maids were, I treated them with respect. And they, they really, I didn't realize what that meant. But in China, maids were like the bottom of the barrel. They were the wrong color, the wrong educational background. They were from the wrong prefectures. And they were kind of, they were basically discriminated against pretty hardcore. And in some ways, I was like the, one of the top type people because I was like 
foreigner, well-educated, I had money, I had a company. You know, I was from the right country. I wasn't from Bangladesh. It depended on where you were from, how the Chinese viewed you. That's all I'm talking about, the way the Chinese viewed me. And in that sense, I had a lot of things going on at the time. And so that combination of me having those things, having the money, hiring them, giving them jobs, and also they found, I think, to their pleasant surprise that I, I liked people and I was good to them. Like I used to teach, I used to teach them computers on the weekends for free. I just have them all, whoever wanted to like study computers, or, they, they didn't know, they had never sent an email in their entire life. I had them come to my house, I put Chinese operating system, dual, dual boot on my computer, and I would boot it up in Chinese, I would show them how like, to send an email, and how to send an att- attach an attachment, how to find things, you know. I taught them like basic computer skills. Uh, at the same time as I spoke English to them, so that was also, I taught them kind of English and computers for free on Saturdays, and that, I didn't know, I didn't know this at the time, but this is one of the smartest things I ever did, because I noticed that they couldn't, like, the reason why I taught them computers is because I had this one maid that was really nice, and I, I told her, like, just send me an email, you know, like, when you're ready for that. And she's like, ah, you know, just like in Chinese, she's like, I don't know how to send an email. And I was like, no way, you don't want to send an email. And I asked my girlfriend at the time, we had the business together, and she said, oh, yeah, none of these maids can send emails. They don't have computers, they can't send emails. And I was like, really? And I was like, okay, I'm going to teach them. And then she was like, really? What are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll just teach them on Saturdays for free. So I did that, and what, what happened was, that was a great business decision, which I didn't mean it to be. I just did it as a thing to be nice. But it turned out to be a great thing because I, I did that. And what, what I was really doing, what the maids, you know, we all wear different pairs of glasses, right? The pair of glasses the maids saw is that I was a nice person and that I cared about them. And ever since that moment, our business fucking exploded because all those fucking maids, they wanted to work for my company. Because the maids, which I didn't know, they all talked to each other. They all, they were like, if you want to talk about gossip girls or whatever, those maids, they were like the king of gossip. They knew everything about the different families and the the husbands cheating. And they knew fucking every single fucking thing, right? The kids smoking pot, whatever, smoking cigarettes. They knew everything, right? And so when I treated them well, that fucking spread like wildfire in the maid community. And all of a sudden, all the maids started showing up on my house saying I want a job and so all of a sudden we had like that's when we went up to 700 maids because it just got insane because the word spread that I treated people well you know and then I didn't do anything weird and that was like incredibly powerful to that group of people but even then in the end in the end like a couple years later I, I ended up uh, firing our maid because I just at the end of the day I realized I was glad that I did good things for them. I mean, I'm glad I got them jobs. A lot of those maids are more wealthy than me today, actually, because they got house loans in Shanghai, and those houses ended up being worth insane money. Even though they were very cheap back then, the government ended up tearing down the buildings and buying the land back from them at an at a, at a added value, and they ended up getting very wealthy. Some of those maids, some of, one of our maids I know for sure, she has a house in Shanghai, which is worth a lot of money. I went to visit her. And it had like a balcony and it was real nice. It was near People's Square. Nice, sunny, quiet. She owned that. She also had a kid in New York at school. And she owned an apartment in New York. Like she went from like a maid with not even like underwear. Like she didn't even have underwear. She just had like clothes because she stayed at her house. 
so I could see what she was like cleaning all the time. She didn't even have any underwear. She had, she was so poor. She had like an outfit. <laughs> that was it, you know. And, and like she just wore that every day. It was like a sack. So it was like imagine if you made an outfit out of a sack of potatoes. That's what she had. And now she's like, she's in a good position. I was like really great to see her. And, and anyway, that that's just kind of it evolution of China too you can talk about it was amazing it was amazing it was cool to watch cool to watch it blew my mind though it still blows my mind to think that some of those maids are wealthy now uh, if, if I could somehow contact them actually they would be great contacts because I treated them I treated them well when they were at the bottom right? and that's 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 how you that's that's really how people decide things is how do they treat how do you treat them and this goes to the heart of control how do you treat them when you don't have to treat them nice. Okay? So when you have some guru telling you on the internet that he can control people, he controls women, I'm telling you right now, is one, if you had a CCTV camera of his house, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a very good chance he is lying like crazy to you, that his life is a total mess at home. It's a war zone, kids throwing things, wife yelling at him, I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, it is not a bunch of people lining up and, you know, saluting as he walks in the door. Would you like dinner, sir? No, it's not like that. His house. He doesn't have that type of control of people. Okay, it's a lie. It's a total lie. And if he thought he had it, look at Jeff Bezos, right? He might have had it. He might have thought he had it for years. Well, trust me. You can see right now. <laughs> Not like did he not have it? She took half his money, like hundred billion dollars or something. You know what I mean? Like well, at the time, madness, right? The opposite of control. It, it, it could have been a dismantling of his entire life. Okay, so don't believe people who say they can control me. But I will also say that the illusion of control is—it's not. It's a dream to young men. It's a, it, you know, we feel so powerless in life. You know, we all don't know when we're going to die. That's the biggest thing we don't have power over. Nobody knows when they're going to get cancer, hit by a car, fall off a building. You know, something's going to happen. Car crash. You know, we don't know. We don't have power. And so, as humans, we desire control. There's, we're afraid, right? So we want to control our environment. We want to... And we're afraid of other people doing things to us, so we try to control them. I'm telling you right now that it's not even real. Like, these guys don't really... They have control of maybe paid employees, but their, their private life is just not what you think. It's just not what they think. And, and they might act like in private. I know guys that have wives, I know, especially Japanese guys, that... It's pretty hell at home. Okay, so it's really a lot of nagging. And it's like, she might even be cheating and he might know about it. He might have a side girl. It could be pretty hellish. But they stay together because in Japan, divorce is pretty pretty frowned upon. And I know a lot of people like this, actually. Japanese wives who, they know the deal of Japanese society, too. So when they go to dinner and when they have people over, she acts... Like, they're totally in love. Like, she, she puts on an act of a very dutiful wife at home when there's people there. 
and she does it at a business meeting too. She like comes and she bows and she puts her feet in that little kind of like pigeon toed style and she smiles and waves with her hand. She doesn't move her whole arm. She just kind of waves her her hand there, you know, and she does it perfectly. And the reason why she does is that she knows that Japanese bosses take that super seriously and employees because Japanese people basically as a rule, kind of like we used to think, is if he can't control his wife, then what can he control? But it, it's so dumb idea because if you look at any of these guys in their real lives, they can't control their wives. It's totally stupid. But in Japan, what passes for control is this fake stage control. So that's what that's really what they're saying in Japan is as long as you, your wife can on command at times when someone else is watching, act like she's the dutiful wife, then you can control your wife. That's good enough. They don't, they don't, they don't want to go any deeper than that. That's enough. You, your wife is acting very dutiful <laughs> when people are around and that's, that they're not going to, you know, like I said. So that's not, that's not what these gurus are promising. They're promising you an illusion. They're lying about their own reality and they're promising you an illusion that doesn't exist. Okay, the idea of controlling other people doesn't exist. Okay, now, I'll just, there's one more key point, which is the complexity of that. Okay, you as a, and I've talked about personal boundaries before, you have a right to tell your friends or your wife or whoever you have a relationship with, you have a right to tell them what you will and won't accept who you are, and what is acceptable to you. So you might have a job and you might say, look, I need to go to sleep at a certain time. Otherwise, I can't do my job. I can't stay with you. You know, let's say the girl stays up all night partying, right, and drinking. You know, she can't just like have loud parties in the house until five in the morning if you need to go to work at five, right? It just can't happen. So... And also there's things that you don't like, right? You just, some things you just don't like. You have a right to have, in fact, you have a responsibility to not only have personal boundaries, but also to communicate those boundaries. Like, you know, like these are the things that are important to me. This is what I will accept and what I won't accept. And if you're cool with that, you know, what are your boundaries? What are your, what are your needs? You know, employees, they, 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 they're going to tell you they need this kind of salary. They need this kind of environment. They want to have this ability to control this project. They want to be the only person in charge of this, uh, whatever. And so those are your boundaries, your, your expectations. And so from the outside, just like a fish, right? Like I was telling you the fish example, right? I could buy a fish. Let's say you didn't know what fish were. You're from the outer space. I get a fish, I put it in the tank, and I say, look, that used to be a wolf. But I controlled it and look at it now. See that thing? He swims around all the time. He lives underwater. But he used to be a wolf. Now, you, as somebody who doesn't know anything about fish and wolves, you might think, wow, that's amazing. Because it's not as unbelievable as you think. I mean, an egg becomes a chicken, right? You're used to that. But you're not used to fish become, wolves becoming fish. But 
as a person who didn't know anything from outer space, you might think that's just as plausible. You're like, oh, wow, they get small like that and they, they get scales and stuff. That's amazing. You made it do that. So you could trick somebody from outer space and say, yeah, I made a wolf into a fish. But everybody knows it lives here on planet Earth. I assume you're listening to this on planet Earth. You're, you know that what is possible and not possible. So you know that a fish is a fish. And so if I choose, okay, if I put up my boundaries, I tell people what I want, want and want to accept, and I pick people based on the things that I want. So let's say I want a girl who's a certain look. Let's say that's important. It's not. But let's say it's super important. And I want a tall blonde or whatever it is. And I want to get that. Now I can go and find a tall blonde and I can have her as my wife, right? And I can tell her what I need in my life and what I will accept and won't accept in my job and all this stuff I was talking about, right? And then I can go through 100 tall blondes and finally find one that says, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I want that too. I want to own a house. I want to do this. I want you to work on that job. I know you like it. I want to do this job. And you're like, that's cool. And you guys make an agreement, okay? Or in a friendship, it's the exact same fucking thing. So it doesn't matter. But anyway, you both put up your boundaries. You let people know who you are, what you need. And then you don't change people. But what you do is you, you kind of chum the waters, like I'm doing this channel. And you, you find people that come and bite on that. They're those the ones who are interested, right? So maybe you date 100 tall blondes, tall blondes. And then in those tall blondes, you find one that also likes... Uh, something else that you like or is important to you. Like let's say yoga or eating well or whatever. And so then you're like, oh, okay. So you, essentially what it looks like to the outside. Okay, and what you could lie, you could say, hey, look at the control I have in this girl. Look how skinny she is. She does yoga all the time. I want her to do yoga, she does yoga. You know, I want her to be a tall blonde. She is a tall blonde, right? But the, <laughs> the point is you're not making her like that. All you did was find somebody, tell them who you were, sort through the different people and find somebody who actually fit your criteria. And then presumably she did the same thing with you, right? So I could, you could sell that illusion as you changed her. So no matter what I'm saying is no matter how good someone's situation looks, even if it looks like they control them, their wife or girlfriend, they don't. You can't control other people. It's difficult to change yourself, man. What you can do, what you can do is you can know yourself very, very well. And that's the only way you know yourself is if you know a lot of possibilities in life, like those beaches. You know all the beaches that exist or as many as you possibly can, ways to live, places to live, types of jobs, types of sex, types of this, you know all these things, and you also know yourself. And then you can start to say, okay, here's the resume of my true self. This is the way that you get a life that looks like you're controlling people. In the, in the, in the good sense, it's like you're, you're surrounded by people you like, you're doing things you like, other people enhance your life. You don't do it by getting a bunch of losers to act like that. The way you do it is first by totally figuring out life and figuring out yourself. And then being honest to other people and then accepting, you know, the, the hits on the chin that all these people say, that's totally unrealistic, I don't want that. 
you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Why do you want that, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, that's cool. This is not a shark who's biting on my chum, not biting on my fucking thing, right? No harm, no foul. Here's what I want. You know, you're just like, okay, that's cool. Here's what I want. You're not forcing the person, you're not grabbing their mouth, the shark's mouth, and then pushing it down on the fucking thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But in the end, if you do what I'm saying about know yourself deep and, and be very honest with yourself and constantly, constantly seek to find out more and to improve yourself and find your, push yourself farther on that road to whatever you call it, happiness, enlightenment, discovery, whatever it is of your real self. And then to be honest and to accept those punches in the chin where everybody's like, that's dumb, you're an idiot. You're like, oh, okay, I was honest with this person about who I am and what I want, and they say I'm an idiot. Okay, fine. I guess a lot of people do think that's dumb. Whatever. <laughs> okay, continue on. Right? Chum the waters. Chum the waters with your real self, right? Eventually what happens is you find yourself in a life that looks to the outside like you're kind of master of the universe. It's because you've, you've done, you've made the right choices and you've sifted through so many things. It's kind of like I ended up with a business that I really enjoy and I really enjoy helping people. And I do, I do consulting in, in, in this business, in Ronin Man, and also in my other business. You know, I consult people, I help people, I get into their lives. It really is, for me, I love it. I love it, okay? But I only found that by trial and error. You know, I didn't know before I signed that contract. You know what I mean? Like, buy the car, start the business. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But I got the resilience that when I figured out it wasn't what I wanted, I'm like, you know what? Honesty. This is not what I thought it was. This sucks, but I thought this was going to make me happy, but it doesn't. So guess what? Starting from scratch again. (laughs) I'm just going to fucking start again. And I know I can do it. So I'm going to do it again. That's how you build a life. You can't control other people. But what you can do is have such a great fucking life that it looks like it. Because in the end, what people are really talking about when they talk about control is not really control. Most people don't really know what they're really wanting. They just want to have a happy life and people around them, they're in the same page, right? And that's what you end up with. That's what you end up with. So there you go. Don't be fooled by people who claim they can control people. Don't, don't for a minute think it's true. It's not true. You have difficulty changing yourself. Look at your waist. Look at your bank account. Look at the things that you've tried to accomplish. It's fucking difficult, okay? It's just as difficult for other people. And again, when you start doing, using voice to control another person who's not you, and then to do that difficult change, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But your voice is still powerful because your voice and your resilience can chum the waters. And that's what I recommend you do. You honestly chum the waters and accept all the criticism. And then you finally, well, first you find out who you are. 
But then you finally, then you shut the waters. And then you start to attract to yourself a life and people that are exactly what you want. And that's why people want control. Is because they want to have a good fucking life. Right? You reach that goal, but a totally different way. All right, guys. Thanks for listening.